Hello, I'm Patty Murphy, the host of the Westfield Area Podcast, a reboot of sorts of our original show and magazine that was launched in 2017. This podcast is presented by Frank Isoldi of the Isoldi Collection of Caldwell Banker Realty. Along with Frank, it's our hope that this new show helps shine a bright spotlight on the area and celebrates what makes it an extraordinary place to call home. To learn more about our community, sign up for our newsletter, or to simply find your dream home in the Westfield area, go to theisoldicollection.com. The Westfield Area Podcast is part of the Our Community Plus Lifestyle Network and a member of the local independent online news or Lion Publishers Initiative. We're proud to be one of the hundreds of organizations across the United States and Canada supported by the Democracy Fund, Facebook Journalism Project, Google News Initiative, and the Knight Foundation. And we love doing our part to elevate influential voices from our hometowns. Now, on with this month's show. On this episode of the Westfield Area Podcast, acting as an advisor for a local community service club, Westfield High School math teacher Zorana Kuljek is paying it forward to the country that gave her sanctuary by instilling a lifelong commitment to good works in those around her. Also this month, the town marked the 20th annual running of the popular downtown Westfield 5K and pizza extravaganza, the beloved event which profiles Westfield businesses and attracts hundreds of runners and spectators, has been on pause for the last two years as a result of the pandemic. Plus, a look back at a strong local advocate for seniors who's addressing the needs of older adults in our community through affordable programs and services at the Westfield Community Center. Hello, I'm Patty Murphy. We'll have our interview with Zorana Kuljek in just a moment. But first, for the first time in years, a 5K race known for serving slices at the finish line returned to downtown Westfield. That tops our Neighborhood Notebook segment, our take on noteworthy local and positive things you need to know this month. The 20th annual Downtown Westfield 5K and Pizza Extravaganza, often dubbed the Pizza Run, made a comeback this summer. The popular running event was on pause for the past two years due to the pandemic. The USA TF certified course includes both flat and rolling sections and culminates with local restaurants doling out pizza slices to participants. According to organizers, in 2019, various downtown restaurants supplied a total of 675 pies of pizza that were devoured by famished runners after the race. While coupons were first planned to be given to be redeemed for pizza at the end of this year's race, the Downtown Westfield Corporation later announced that it would return to its tradition of handing out slices after the finish line. Race results showed there were 878 finishers at the 20th annual event. Once again, residents, visitors, shoppers, and diners of Westfield are invited to enjoy free live music at the 25th annual Sweet Sounds Downtown Music Festival this summer. While listening to the musical performances of Sweet Sounds Downtown, people are also encouraged 
to dine at one of Westfield's restaurants or stroll and shop along the downtown street. The festival takes place every Tuesday evening during July and August from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Rain dates are the following evening. Sweet Sounds will be held at the same three locations this year, Quimby Street, Central Avenue, and Foundation Park. A full schedule can be found on the Downtown Westfield Corporation's website. Independence Day celebrations were spread out around town this year. To help families get into the patriotic spirit locally, the Westfield Community Band held its annual Independence Day concert in Mindawaskin Park. The event featured tunes by famous composer John Philip Sousa. The Westfield Historical Society broadcast recordings of patriotic readings on the 4th of July from the steps of the Reeve House at 314 Mountain Avenue. The recordings included the Declaration of Independence, the original Bill of Rights, and Lincoln's second inaugural address. And even though the town of Westfield didn't put on its own fireworks display, neighboring towns offered fireworks shows to light up the sky. Now, we are proud to bring you our hometown helper, a segment made possible with support from Frank Isoldi of Caldwell Banker Realty. In this installment, we're featuring Zorana Kuljek, a local math teacher who acts as an advisor to the Westfield High School Community Service Club. In this influential role, she's able to pass along her experience of coming to the United States as a refugee and living out the American dream. In addition, she teaches those around her what it means to be truly altruistic. Zorana, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me. Thank you for inviting me for this uh, podcast. I'm so excited to speak with you, but first things first, for our listeners, can you describe the Westfield High School Community Service Club, its mission, and your involvement? Very good. The Community Service Club has been active for last, I would say, 15, 16 years and initiated by one of our assistant principal, Mr. Hines. And then Mr. Hines needed a little help with the co-advising. And that's when I came aboard, give or take 10 years ago. And we have been working on many different projects, trying to support the Westfield community, Union County. We did have some projects that went uh, across the state. And just recently, we actually had a project that actually went to Colombia, to South America. So we're always looking for different ideas, different ways to support uh, people. And most importantly, we are looking for ways to give opportunities to our students to see that there's always need for doing good things, people always needing some help and support. And we're trying to offer different projects so students with different interests can join us differently. In order to support ourselves, we have a fundraising that it's been happening for last maybe uh, four or five years where the student volunteers offer their leaf raking services. And that's how they, we don't have a price tag, but we organize in end of October and all through November on the weekend, Saturdays and Sundays. And then also the community uh, sees the good students and the work that it can do. And then they give us some donations. We usually sign up for the uh, Bridges runs. Due to COVID, we weren't able to actually go to the locations to deliver the lunches, but we uh, need the funds to buy and make 
Usually we make around 200 lunches that we deliver to Bridges in Summit. And then we also used to sign up and go to the New York City. Uh, so again, students get the opportunity to see we do have immediate need uh, for the support. And there are quite a few people there uh, either homeless or uh, at the borderline poverty where they much appreciate our donations and things that we give them. Uh, we also have annual coat drive that we uh, usually donate to the bridges, but over a few years, we kind of branching out and, and looking for different ways uh, to support. Recently, over the last few years, we got in very close relationship with the Westfield Food Pantry. And, you know, I just have to say a little bit here. I always felt that Westfield does have, uh, you know, people that are... Uh, have a steady jobs and, and working and, 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 and students um, not necessarily having immediate need. I was a little surprised to actually learn that we have a Westville food pantry. Uh, so when we learned that, we got in really cool, uh, close uh, contact with Mr. Gibbons and we've been doing projects with them with helping them getting the food drives. We actually, last code drive actually went to the food pantry because they were having branching out through the different communities. And then toiletry drive that we had for the week of service also was collecting different donations and toiletries for the food pantry right here in Westfield. So we went around, looked for the ways to donate, uh, organized the Amazon wish list, and also reached out to local dentists uh, who donated uh, generously uh, toothpaste and toothbrushes. Another project that we like to do is we write a holiday cards uh, for different holidays that uh, the community service members get together and write uh, the Hanukkah and Christmas cards for the uh, senior citizen members. We also know that sometimes senior citizens don't necessarily have as much or as many visits as you could. Um, so we always uh, provide uh, time for the community members to write nice um, notes to the senior citizen centers and then we bring them over and recently we also got together with the girl scout uh, troops so girl scouts were baking cookies and then we were also arranging ways to donate them with the, these cards and things like that i can be going on and on uh, for some time but these are some things that i wanted to kind of mention what the the community service club is about and what we're trying to do yeah, I mean, it's tremendous all the work that the club does, and I know you're just skimming the surface, but what you mentioned are initiatives and projects that people are very familiar with, and it's nice to hear some of the wheels that kind of spin in the background to make sure that all of this is possible, and that's why I wanted to speak with you today, because your influence is helping to make these initiatives possible and successful. So I wanted to ask you, why are you so motivated to help others? And if you don't mind talking about your background and your experiences that influenced you to be a active member of the community. So my journey to across the sea to United States started uh, by unfortunately uh, experiencing a civil war back in my country that started in 1992. The country, uh, former Yugoslavia, got separated in six different republics. And uh, one of the republics or state now uh, that I'm coming from, it's uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina. And I did try to stay in, um, in my country to uh, give some support. I tried to uh, make it a living and try to make a decision how, what the future will look like. But the country being torn apart with the war, 
uh, was not a place uh, that was giving any promises and actually situation was not getting any better, I decided to leave the country. And by the time I decided to leave the country, it was already 1994, many European countries closed the borders for the Bosnian and Herzegovinian refugees. So I was uh, fortunate that at that time, the President Clinton opened the border of United States of America to Bosnian refugees. And I did take that opportunity to come to this country. Uh, when I came to this country, I did not uh, know any English. So I had to go to the full-time school for the English as a second language. I already did decide back home when I started going to university that I wanted to pursue studying mathematics. So when I came to United States, it took me some time to learn the language. And then I went to the community college to uh, pursue my studies of mathematics, my passion for mathematics. And at that time, I was kind of deciding what kind of profession I wanted to pursue with mathematics, because mathematics gives you the mathematical education, but you have to kind of think about how you're going to use that love and passion for mathematics. And at the time, and even now and forever until I live, I will forever be um, thankful and grateful for uh, United States of America for uh, giving me a second chance, uh, giving me opportunity to start a new life, to try to make that American dream that everybody's talking about when you're talking about the United States of America. And I think I am a good example of American dream that this country does give you a chance and gives you many different opportunities if you want to, that you can be successful. So I did uh, finish school. And as I was finishing school, I decided that I wanted to be an educator. So I brought the passion for mathematics and through the education, because I felt that it was my turn to give back to United States. And I wanted to be educator so I can continuously giving back to United States at the same time, also um, educating young people, uh, trying to encourage them and um, show them examples how to become better people and on top of that how to pursue and learn mathematics mm -hmm. and possibly enjoy mathematics in the classroom. Thank you for sharing that personal story of yours. It's extremely inspirational and very refreshing to hear and I'm sure you have more stories about inspiration. It's almost like you've touched every walk of life in the area, regardless of age or you know what their socioeconomic situation is. You've just really had a purposeful impact on every walk of life in the area. And what I usually find when talking to people who are spearheading these kinds of efforts, it's that they're masterful connectors because they hold authentic relationships with people. And what's interesting is you're working in a multi-generational environment too. So how do you go about cultivating authentic relationships with people and bridging those generational gaps? I, I believe the drive is to help others. And uh, when we say others, uh, others go from little people to older people. So uh, we try to bring all different areas, all different groups of people and looking always for different projects. Again, so the students will find interest in different, uh, in different areas, uh, but we always encourage and ask our members to continue looking for their ways to help community uh, by either volunteering or baking or making extra lunches or anything that will impact them personally 
uh, it gives the huge impact uh, when we get these thank you notes and, and, and the letters, how much difference, I don't want to say small efforts, but when you're thinking big seam of things, it doesn't really take too much from us to do little deeds and help people. Uh, but the, the, the receiving party, it does make a huge difference in their daily life. I like to think that little things make people happy. So, you know, quick hello or quick smile or some kind of message of positivity will make a difference in somebody else's life where uh, it doesn't really cost me anything, if you would think in terms of like how much effort or time consuming it's taking from me. I love asking that question. And I don't think I've heard anyone articulate their answer just like you did in part that having more diversity in terms of your initiatives will create a more inclusive environment and, you know, inspire more people because you might be tapping into a passion or, you know, uh, something that resonates with them. So that's really important, I think, to, to share. And so I'm a co-advisor, co but the Community Service Club is it's a student-ran club. In the books, we have about 200 students. But when we go like active members, we will say maybe about uh, 40 to 50 that come regularly to the meetings. Our um, leadership group meets every week. We meet after school on Tuesdays and we discuss things that we are looking to have and things that we didn't have. We used to run uh, blood drives for the school, but again, because of the COVID that didn't happen for a few years. So there are some things um, that we did and then stopped doing them or, or re reinitiating them again. So our uh, leadership uh, this year had about six uh, students and each of these different you know, students has a different passion. So they come in with different projects and they kind of become uh, leaders uh, for the community and they uh, help organize. So it's a great opportunity for students also to learn these skills, to learn uh, ways to organize uh, communication. Uh, I mean, when you think about that in 21st century, we don't really talk much to each other so and communicate with each other other than the you know <laughs> texting and TikTok or whatever these new <laughs> ways of students communicate with each other but it certainly gives them opportunity uh, to prepare for the real world and interaction with the with the people as they uh, as they mature and have this experience and get ready to take on the college mm -hmm. and, and then job responsibilities. So what advice do you have for people regarding how to get more involved. I feel if we are healthy and we don't have difficulties or like a family obligations, I feel that every one of us uh, should find some time, maybe once a month, maybe once a week to do some good deeds, um, help others in a way by, I mean, simple help, you know, holding the door, saying good morning as you're walking, as you're passing somebody, wishing somebody to have a good day, just smiling, you know, just a little thing. Uh, will make a big difference in somebody else's life. And again, for us, it doesn't make that much of a difference. And then if you want to get a little more involved, our communities are always a need to collect different items. I mean, we can just kind of like uh, many of us are on a Facebook, we can just send a message on a Facebook and say, 
hey, I'm collecting toiletries. And, you know, you will be surprised how many people will be not necessarily willing to initiate to do the good deed, but willing to participate now that opportunity has come. The food banks are always in need of certain items. Even when we go to the supermarket, we can go and buy the extra two or three items uh, that will not necessarily deeply impact our budget, uh, but will certainly help uh, those people in need. I feel like in today's world, life is going on so fast that sometimes we forget to actually stop and think and, and appreciate what we have and acknowledge that there may be some people that are in need and we can help them. I like your idea of even starting small and taking stock of smiling or holding the door open or just giving someone a compliment or saying something kind because when you start noticing those things, they snowball and they can become bigger and that becomes your life, I really believe. And I, I think it makes you feel better about yourself when that smile is reciprocated, when that hello, it's reciprocated. And, you know, we involve as humans so we can communicate and rely on each other and, and we survive through mm-hmm. long time by supporting each other and relying on each other. And I feel like uh, with technology these days, we don't necessarily take time to you know talk to each other to to say hello to to help each other yeah i appreciate that so much we are social creatures you were gracious and you explained the inner workings of the club and how the students kind of drive the machine but do you know what the future holds for the club at this point we always are open with the new for the new projects uh, as the new members come in or as our members hear about different um, ideas and different projects we certainly are looking to uh, incorporate them into our daily or weekly routines and trying to make uh, fit it into our schedule so we have uh, these uh, different events to to be able to help those in need and then also to feel, fulfill our desire to help others. All of that sounds wonderful. Before we wrap up today, is there anything else you'd like to add or tell people? I just want to thank you one more time for inviting me and giving me an opportunity to talk about the Community Service Club. Also giving me an opportunity to tell others that there is always time and place that you can help other people and uh, just reminding the our community and society in general that we are social creatures as you said <laughs> and we do rely on each other's help and support and finally in case you missed it in our last edition of the westfield area podcast we introduced you to velvet rogers who currently is at the helm of the westfield community center For more than eight decades, the Westfield Community Center has grown as a strong organization, having tremendous impact on the community and affecting the lives, well-being, and future of many. Here's Velvet. For me, so far as I see it, I'm just going to continue to do what I do. Mm -hmm. You know, keep engaging my younger people to be involved. Um, how important it is to give back. So that really, it's really touching my heart to see that how I feel and what I have to share, I'm able to pass it on to them and then engage them in a way that I see the same results in them. So for the future, like I said, I'm just going to continue to do what I do on down the road and 
hope that I can instill it into some of my young people to keep the legacy going. That'll do it for this edition of the Westfield Area Podcast. On behalf of Frank Isoldi and the Isoldi Collection of Caldwell Banker Realty, thank you for listening. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at theisoldicollection.com. We feature stories that matter to locals. If you have one you'd like to share, email it to Frank at frankisoldi at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.